You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Monday, May 2 edition of the Valentine's News podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And in case you were on vacation, you know, somewhere out of the country or uh, under a rock for the last few days, and you, a, a little thing called the, the NFL draft happened uh, from Thursday through Saturday. Your New York Giants did uh, did some interesting things in, in Joe Shane's first draft as, as a, uh, a general manager. And here to help me uh, break it all down, make sense of, of everything that we saw over the weekend is the, the great and knowledgeable wizard of the football game plan, <laughs> Emery Hunt. Em, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Ed. I appreciate you having me on, man. What what a weekend. Yeah, it is. And we were talking off air, man. I just I just want to decompress a little bit. It's like I think I think the the nap I took Sunday afternoon was the best part of my day. That's always the plus the plus. I you know, I woke up, I didn't have to bounce bounce up early, kind of ease input to my day, had my coffee, uh, did walk on a treadmill, walked outside and watched some USFL football too. Wow, USFL football. I, I I couldn't go there today. I think I cut my grass instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh but but anyway, um, you know, let's uh l- let's get into this. The Giants ended up with 11 picks. I think some were uh, some people understood, some they didn't understand. And before we get into talking about individual players, I'm really curious for your overall impression of the weekend that that Giants rookie general manager Joe Shane had, how he handled the draft, and and by extension, you know how he's handled the the off season overall. You know, I was impressed with with how he was able to take those two top ten picks and, and you know kind of let the board come to him and just take good players. And, and you know, I know there was a lot of question on whether or not they're going to move Kadarius Tony. Let's just say right now they are not. Uh, so there's no downside to adding more explosive talent. So if you keep Kadarius Tony and you wanted Wandell Robinson, that's not a downside. That's a, that's a plus. And if you lose Tony, then well, you got Wandell Robinson. So as of right now, everything he did, I thought he he really um, did a solid job. Uh, only concern was maybe uh, you know not going corner or you know, earlier, uh, or, you know, maybe doubling down on corner, but that's really nitpicky. But other than that, man, I thought they did a a well of a job. Yeah. I think that, you know, before we start talking about individual prospects, I was impressed by the fact that 
Joe Shane had a plan. It was obvious. Brian Dable talked about how much preparation they had done, how many scenarios they went over, all of the different, basically, even into the second round, and pretty much anything that could have happened, they had prepared for. And I was impressed by that because we all know that if you look back at Giants history, you know, even, you know, going back to Jerry Reese and of course with Dave Gettleman, they, they did some head scratching things. And there were times when it felt like, like on draft day, it kind of felt like the Giants got caught with their pants down and, uh, and in no way, shape or form did it feel like that, you know, over the, the three days of the draft this time around. Yeah, and uh, there was a point when, you know, you've seen some of these young, talented quarterbacks fall. You think like, all right, well, it, it'll be great value here if you just grab one, but it didn't. they stayed away from it. And, yeah, I don't know if that came directly from the Maras or they was like, you know, let's just try to grab, uh, you know, some, some someone else. Let's grab a guard or let's grab a slot corner or whatnot. But I, I thought they had an opportunity to, to still – you know, still a pick in terms of like a young developmental quarterback, uh, seeing that everybody was sitting there. I want to say what it was a second round or third round. Everybody was still sitting there. Yeah, it was. We can talk about quarterbacks a little bit. Kenny Pickett's the only one that went in the first round. I think I don't think another one went until Desmond Ritter went at 74 in the third round. I don't think any of them went in round two. Um, you know, and I talked to Mark Schofield about this on Friday morning after round one. And he said, you know, it's going to be absolutely shocking if these quarterbacks don't start coming off the board by somewhere in the fifties. And, and it was amazing to me, amazing to watch a league in general that overdrafts quarterbacks historically year after year, simply because of the the, the importance of the position, it was amazing for me to watch the league as a whole pretty much turn its nose up at this quarterback class. It makes you wonder why this class, what was it about this class that was different than 2011 outside of Cam Newton, right? You know, why would they take a Christian Ponder high? Why would they take a Jake Locker high? You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like what made this class the one to where they say, you know what? We're going to put our foot down and not take a quarterback. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just wish that every year, if you feel as though a guy is a third-round pick or a third-round talent, then take him in the third round. At worst, take him in late second, right? Don't right. force a first-round pick on a, on a third-round talent. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to quarterbacks, I, you know, one of one of the the things that I always say, and it's part of the the big blue view rules for draft success, actually, that I that I publish every year. You know, if you don't have the quarterback and you think the guy's out there who can be your franchise guy, do what you've got to do to get the guy. But the flip side of that is is don't take the guy just because you feel like you have to, just because you feel like you need a quarterback. Don't take the guy unless you love the guy. Right. Makes sense. You know, I completely agree with that. All right. And let's, uh, let, let's talk about the giants and, you know, we gave Joe Shane a lot of credit on Thursday night for the way that he handled 
the the fifth and seventh overall picks, you know, for coming away with with Kayvon Thibodeau at five and then Evan Neal at seven. And, and, you know, both of those guys, if they pan out to be the kind of players that that they could be, you know, those are home run picks for the Giants. And and people said, well, what are you praising Joe Shane for? Because he had the fifth and seventh pick and 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 it was pretty impossible to screw those up. But we've seen teams screw up picks before, you know, we've seen teams screw up, you know, having, having high picks in the draft before I can think of the Raiders taking Cleveland Farrell at number four, a couple of years back and, and, and other things like that. But, but I liked the way that, that he, that he handled that first round. I liked the way that, that sitting there at five, you know, he recognized that basically, you know, he was going to have his choice of at least two of the three offensive tackles at seven. So they went ahead and, and took Kayvon Thibodeau at five. I was, I, I was appreciative of, of, of the way that he handled those two picks. Yeah, exactly. Cause we, like you said, that was a great example of bringing up Cleveland Farrell. I mean, that that's an example of not taking the top five talent in the top five. And, you know, we, <laughs> We saw teams pass on Kayvon Thibodeau. We saw Detroit pass on Kayvon Thibodeau. So the fact that he took the best pass rusher in the class, that was huge. And, you know, to take what someone says is the number one tackle, a guy that can play on either side in the with, with pick number seven, Giants could have shut it down after the, after the first round and it would have been all good, you know, for, for them there. Because I thought those two just set the foundation for – their entire first season here in New York. Well, they're the ones that are going to make or break the class period. They're the ones that, you know, they're the ones that, uh, that it was all about. Like you said, they could have shut it down because if those two guys, if those two guys are stars, then the Joe Shane year is off to a great start. If they turn out to bust, which I don't think either one of them actually will, but if they turn out to bust, that's a whole different story. And you look at what they've now built. You know, you got Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, two excellent bookends now, right? Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, who you drafted last year, had a had a really good rookie season. You got Quincy Rose-Shea essentially for free, giving you good depth there coming off the edge. You drafted Ellison Smith, athletic guy, started to play later on in the season. So you, you really have your opportunity to really get pressure. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence. So this Giants front seven, uh, could be a problem this season, you know, and that offensive line, and we'll get into, you know, a couple of their mid-round picks with the two guards. I mean, they are just phenomenal. I feel like now up front, which is you get a healthy Saquon Barkley back, that a healthy, confident in his knee Saquon Barkley back, which is a com- which is a completely different player than the one we saw last year. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, Saquon, a year, another year removed from that, from that knee surgery. And, you know, to, to sit here and talk about the Giants as having, you know, plus caliber fronts on, on both sides of the ball potentially is a place where, where the Giants haven't been in a very, very long time. And it, it, it almost feels strange to the point of like, we, we really shouldn't even say it. 
know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna be fun to watch how it shakes out, how the depth shakes out. Because I mean, you talk about up front. I'm still a big fan of Shane Lemieux. They they still have him back and forth. Ben Bredesen's a solid player um, that they were able to get last year. So they, I mean, they got good depth up front. Defensive line. We saw Raymond Johnson when he got in. You know, he made himself known. Uh, he was very known in the preseason and made himself known when he got time during the regular season. So I, I'm excited to see how it, it it will all shake out in terms of how the depth will get built uh, because the talent is definitely there on both sides. Yeah, I am as well. Before I move completely off round one, M, I want to the one scenario we didn't see, the one question Joe Shane didn't have to answer is what would have happened if Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley had been available at five, because we've been debating for months at Big Blue View, what would happen in that scenario where where the Giants had to choose between the the edge rusher, you know, being Thibodeau or Trayvon Walker or whoever it was, you know, that that would be there, and the top tier corner. And, and to be honest with you, I mean. Our conclusion has been that a Wink Martindale defense where he schemes so much pressure is more cornerback dependent than premier edge rusher dependent. So I wonder if they would have gone corner. I mean, what, what would your, your gut feeling be you know, if they had faced that scenario? I think they still go pass rusher. I think you still go front, front end to back end. Um, and I always pose this question when that kind of scenario comes up. Who would you take, Lawrence Taylor or Deion Sanders, right? And that's the that's where you're deciding, like, man, who can af- both affect the game, but who can you know who can affect the game first? And I feel like that would be your answer to that question. So I still feel like they would have gone Thibodeau, unless now this would to your point. We talked the last time we talked. Maybe this would have been part of the scenario. Let's say at five. Uh, Thibodeau and Gardner and also um, Stingley are still there. Now you have a situation where, all right, let me field a call from one of these teams at, you know, let's say number six <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or number right. eight. Mm-hmm. Say, okay. I can move to eight and have back-to-back picks and still get Thibodeau. If I know six is, if they tell me they're taking a tackle, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I know these guys want to get up to the five, take one of these corners. I think that's a situation where you could have willed and dealed. But I think at the end of the day, you still want to go pass rush at first because you get good pass rush. You can really uh, have what they have currently on the roster back there in the secondary. So speaking of wheeling and dealing, let's move on. Let's talk about what the Giants did in the second round. And Joe admitted After the draft on Friday, he admitted that his plan all along, you know, entering the day, entering round two, was he had no intention of picking at 36 where the Giants originally started. His intent was to move back. His intent was to try to collect extra picks. He ended up collecting two extra day three picks that he turned into uh, Dane Dane Belton, safety from Iowa, and Micah McFadden, a linebacker from Indiana. You know, we can talk about those guys a little bit later, but the guy we have to talk about is Wandale Robinson. 
taken at 43 after those two trades down and Giants fans went from praising Joe Shane to, you know, my timeline was filled with this guy morphed into Dave Gettleman overnight. What the heck is he doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and my, my timeline was filled with, oh, my God, he turned into Gettleman. But and I get it. All right. In a way, because you're like like poor Chris Flum, who did. 115 prospect profiles for us. He had a prospect profile written on Kayvon Thibodeau, of course. He had one written on Evan Neal, of course. Then the Giants drafted nine straight guys that poor Chris had not profiled. <laughs> you know? so it looks like, oh man, what is, we we took someone that's out of nowhere. <laughs> right. It's, it's like, it's like, what are they doing? You know, oh my God, Mel Kuyper says that that you took him a whole round early. And, and, and my response to that is why should I care? You know, we sat, sat there and listened to, to Joe explain the giants targeted this player. They had a plan for this player that he said they had a very clear vision for how they wanted to use this particular player. And, you know, the way I look at it, if you have a conviction on a player and you don't want to wait and take a chance, if you think the rest of the league might, you know, might value him before you get a chance to pick him at 67, you know, then, then you take him. Yeah. You just have, you kind of have to, because you, you never, you never win when you try to game the draft. We saw, we saw it in real time with teams jumping Baltimore potentially for let's say receivers that Baltimore coveted or guys that they coveted. Not granted, Baltimore still ended up with great players. You know, that's mm-hmm. what Baltimore does. But who society wouldn't have taken one of those top tier wide receivers if someone wouldn't have jumped up or when Philly jumped up ahead of them to take Jordan Davis? What if Baltimore was targeting Jordan Davis? Yeah, they got a great fallback plan in Kyle Hamilton. Um, but, you know, what if that was a plan? So that's why you really can't, game the draft like moving down sounds great in theory but man if you got a conviction about a player you got to just take them you you're building your team um and that's all you should care care about exactly and and it sounded to me like like you know i would have i would have loved to have seen the giants be able to get andrew booth who went at 42 the cornerback from clemson mm-hmm. and before we knew about the uh the apparent, you know, pectoral injury that Nicobe Dean is dealing with, you know, I was banging the table for Nicobe Dean, and I was like, you know, you're 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 messing with an opportunity to get one of these two guys. But it sounded, it sounds like their conviction was Wandale Robinson, and, and it sounds like like they felt that the rest of the league didn't have the same conviction that they did, so they could move back a little bit. Um, which is what they did. And really what I want to talk about is just what you think of Wandale Robinson. I looked at your, at your draft guide and I think you have Robinson ranked as the, the number three overall slot receiver, I think behind Jamison Williams and uh, Calvin Austin, I think is the other one. Um, So, I mean, so that's, indicates to me that you feel pretty good about this kid. 
Absolutely. And I, and I'm a big fan of, of individual player versatility. We, we, we have uh, a thing at football. We have football game plan 400, um, which is at football game plan 400.com, which is our high school scouting site. And we started this, I want to say four years ago as a pilot, just to see where, how, how can we do um, in scouting high school talent? Right. And so we, we only did one season. And we're thinking about bringing it back and doing it every year to compete with like the rivals and the 24 seven and stuff like that. Wanda Robinson was one of our top tier uh, graded players as a running back. And so he goes to Nebraska as a running back and then, you know, he transitions into a receiver. And so seeing that that is the case, he goes to Kentucky and they use him in all kinds of ways. You know, he grew as a receiver at Kentucky, obviously, um, but when you think about what they want to do with him, think about what they were trying to do last year. And this is, again, different coaching staff, but what they were trying to do last year with John Ross, this is the type of guy you can do that with. So he's explosive. He can get down the seam. You can put the ball in his hands on, in a wide receiver run game. I hate to use the term, but he could be your quote unquote D, Debo Samuel. You know, everyone's looking for that role except Debo Samuel. <laughs> um and Debo's just looking for a paycheck. <laughs> right, right. Aren't we all? And um, yeah, and Deontay Harris is the guy I compared him to of the Saints. And you see how explosive Harris is with New Orleans when he gets the football in his hands. It's, it's legit potential to go the distance. So now if you can get uh someone like you know Kadarius Tony to, to really lock in and you could bring along a Wandell Robinson. Now you have a, a jitterbug in, in Tony. You have an explosive game breaker in Robinson. Now you can do things uh, underneath that, that is going to be a problem for defense. And it's, it's interesting because there was all of the, oh, his skill set is, is very, very similar to Kadarius Tony. And the first thought was, well, the Giants are going to look to trade Tony. And, and Joe Shane has said, you know, that's not the case. And, and, Maybe they'll still field calls for Kadarius Tony, but I think Tony's going to be a giant in 2022 at this point. And, and you know, Shane was asked about their skim- their similar skill sets on uh, on Friday night, and he said, "Why is that a problem?" <laughs> you know, he he said, "I look at that as a good thing." You know, look at the basically, he said, you know, he said that the young man fits the kind of offense that we like to run. And, you know, Brian Dables had success with some smaller wide receivers in Kansas city, where Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator comes from. They had a combination that I think about when I think about the, the, the upside of the, of a Tony Wandale Robinson combo. And that of course is Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman. And, you know, if it's not an exact apples to apples comparison, but they're both smaller, explosive players that can do a lot of things and be used in a lot of different ways. And if the Giants can, you know, I'm not asking Kadarius Tony to morph into uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, per se, but but if they can get production from both of those guys in, in those type of roles or, or, you know, something similar to that, 
then I think people are going to are going to forget about what round Wandale Robinson was drafted in. I mean, that's that's the example that comes to mind anyway for me. How about you? Yeah, that's what I tell folks all the time when people talk about, you know, they usually say this with, with, with regards to running back or, you know, take a center in the first round. It's like, bro, in, in, in week nine, when when insert player is balling out of control, you think you're sitting there in section 308, you know, seat number nine, talking about, man, you know, he's good. But if we would have taken him just a, a few picks later, a round later, we would have got great value. No, you're rooting for the dude that's helping your team win. And I think that's what people have to focus on. You just get good players, no matter where you get them or how you get them, get good players and let them go out there and affect the team. You don't even, you don't, how often do you have you found yourself, Ed, worrying about in the middle of a, of a football season where you, where a team, a team took a guy? Like, no. no, I could care less. You know, is if the guy's productive, you could care less. You just, like you said, you want good players. And, and the thing that I always remind people is, Look, you know, I, I, I can't imagine the number of hours that, that you put in studying these guys and watching tape and writing your, you know, writing your your eight million page draft guide, and, you know, and, and, and going to as many games as you go to. But however many hours you put in, Joe Shane, Brandon Brown, all of the Giants scouts, you know, that they're crisscrossing the country, putting in more, way more. They've got, they've got, they've got access to more information. They've got access to more people. They've got more touch points with these guys. They get to talk to them face to face a number of times. You know, they get to bring them in their own building. They have so much more information about these players. And, and, and the other factor is what Joe was talking about several times over the weekend is, you know, we have a plan for these guys. We know what scheme we want to run. We know the kind of players we're looking for that fit. And, and, and that has nothing to do with Mel Kuyper's draft board or Daniel Jeremiah's draft board or, or, or my draft board or anybody else's draft board, to be honest. So, I mean, to me, these teams know more than we do. They don't always get it right, but, you know, but I think we have to trust that 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 they have good reasons for the picks that they make. Think about it. If we would just go off of, uh, you know, what we watched on Saturday, how many folks would have taken, you know, Justin Ross high in the draft or uh, N'Kobe Dean, you know, mm-hmm. without knowing why this guy has fallen? Like, none of us have that access to the medical information, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's where you got to give these teams a little bit of, you know, credit and leeway for the decisions that they make. They got more info, background info, medical info. It's not just about what we see on the field. We like to think it is. Um, but now nah, it's, it's a lot that goes into an investment of a player that they bring into the uh, football team. Right. And a lot of it too, is like I said, a lot of it is, how does this player fit? What role do we have for him? What is our plan? You know, and and, and what skill set do we need? Exactly. And so, and for a team, I was I was gonna, the only other thing I was going to say is for a team like the Giants, you know, it's a whole new regime. It's a new GM. It's a new head coach. It's a new offense. It's a new defense. We don't know exactly what they need because we haven't seen it. We don't know. We haven't seen a practice. Right. 
it's 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 amazing to me um you know when you see the work that goes in and, and again i put that amount of i put a lot of amount of work into the draft guide and that was only uh you know a month two months right um so imagine the two months being a full year you know these dudes are already on 2023 when the draft we're talking about right now is happening so they are on the it's i mean it's well documented how long they stay away from home um but these dudes are on the road doing their thing and that's what's most important and they've done a great job in doing so vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in you can book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, M, last thing to talk about, actually maybe kind of two things. Uh, I want to ask you about the uh, about the two offensive guards that the Giants drafted I think you might be higher on both of those guys than a lot of people are and, and after that you know anyone else in the draft class uh, that you really uh, that you really like yeah man I, I love those guys <laughs> my number four and five guards uh, out of North Carolina that's why I was shocked when people were saying um I was about to call him Baker Mayfield but when people were saying Sam Howell didn't have good protection I was like I hope y'all not talk about these two guards because they are legit <laughs> And the Giants got both of them. I went out when I saw them first. I went out to the NFL PA game. I was like, man, these dudes are really good. And, you know, you, you don't want to get wild about what you see in the All Star game. So when you go and watch the film, you're like, yeah, it checks out. These dudes are excellent. Uh, so I love those two picks. And I was a big fan of the Cordell Flot selection because I feel like he's a really good slot corner. Um, and he has, you know, he's going to gain a little weight. You put some weight on him, that's easy to do, knock on wood. Um, but when you think about him joining the secondary and quietly as an undrafted free agent, I know people don't want to count on undrafted free agents, but when I saw that they were able to grab uh, my number one running back and Jay Sean Corbin, I was like, oh, man, this is huge because he is going to be perfect as a compliment to Saquon Barkley um, and what he brings to the table. So I thought the rest of the way they did a solid job, but those two guards and flock were the standouts outside of the first round, in my opinion. Yeah, tell me quickly, tell me a little bit about Corbin because he's not really a player that I know. Corbin has tremendous vision, footwork, and elusiveness. So a lot of the things that you like about Saquon Barkley, uh, he has that in a 5'11", 205, 210-pound package. It's coming off of a really good week at the East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, if you remember watching Notre Dame-Florida State game, he was the one that had the 90-yard touchdown run. 
um, that they didn't give him the ball the rest of the game or barely gave him the ball the rest of the game. <laughs> um, and people was wondering why, but he is someone that that really has a, the, the perfect combination of vision, footwork, and elusiveness. And that's key um, when you, you're talking about someone that's not going to get a lot of carries. So he's going to be coming in and he's going to be able to, to really make an impact with the little carries that he do have, that he does get. And when you go back and watch him uh, at the East-West Shrine Bowl, you know, he was good all week in practice, showed he can catch the football, and in the game had a lot of, you know, just really great quote-unquote football runs where maybe it was seven yards or eight yards, and it was really able to show that in-between-the-tackle capability with the footwork and knowing how to take a hit or evade a hit. He's a tremendous talent. I mean, I, I'm excited about him as a potential RB2 uh, slash RB3 uh, within his offense. Interesting. M. thank you as always for, uh, you know, for spending some time. Uh, just let folks know, uh, you know, what you've got going on here in the next uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, if anything. Well, they can continue to watch every Saturday and Sunday morning, Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Next Level Sports Channel 623 Direct TV, 597 on Verizon Fios. And you can also find it on FUBU TV and everything. Um, the football game plan USFL kickoff preview show. We're doing USFL coverage, and you can still get our draft guide at footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. As we know, these rosters are transient, and it'll help you with the 90-man roster. So it's a great keepsake because it's the largest draft guide in draft guide history. And I, th- I think you are the football junkie to end all football junkies. And USFL, all the small bowl games, all the small college games, uh, it's just, I don't know, man, do you ever get enough football? Never, man, never. And I, you know, I'm <laughs> mad I can't get up to Canada this week uh, because it's going to rain the, the, the three days that they're going to have the practices because, you know, they play their senior bowl uh, before the season. And I was planning to get back up there to Hamilton, Ontario, but I looked at the the, uh, the weather report and it's supposed to rain Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm like, man, damn, I'm not going up there. <laughs> oh, what are you going to do with yourself for three days? Right. Might, might just watch some more football. Who knows? Of course you will. All right, M. thank you very, very much. Giants fans, thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.